I'm Nicole. And I'm Rachel. This is the Movement Toward Change podcast. We are using dance as a means to cultivate community and start conversation. Today, we are honored to speak with Marie Shosha. Marie is a registered dietitian based in New York City and a former Luigi-trained dancer. She has her master's in clinical nutrition and is a certified personal trainer through the American Council on Exercise. Marie is currently the nutritionist for the Alvin Ailey School and has worked with the New York City Ballet Wellness Group. She has lectured for Complexions Contemporary Ballet and Martha Graham School and has written for both Dance Spirit and Point Magazine. Marie has a private practice for dancers and non-dancers in both New York and New Jersey. Additionally, Marie has recently published a handbook for dancers titled Eat Right, Dance Right, based on her continuous work in the dance world. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for letting me join you. So could you tell us a little bit about your path to this point and how this certain event shaped your career? Yes. Um, let's see. Well, I started out much like uh, both of you and our listeners as a, a dancer. I came to New York to pursue my dance career and did so um, I ended up working with a small modern company called uh, Manhattan Motion. Uh, and, um, you know, things, uh, your path kind of changes, your focus changes. I ended up starting to teach uh, the Luigi technique at Pace University and did that for a couple of years. Um, got um, a little more interested in anatomy, kinesiology, more the science behind my art and ended up um, getting certified as a fitness instructor in New York's fitness world and have still continued to teach classes. So that has served me really, really well. Um, fitness and movement is only one part of health. I got very interested in nutrition, um, wanted to be able to help more people and ended up at NYU, got my master's degree in clinical nutrition. and. This will serve as, I, I hope, an inspiration to our, our, our dancers who are listening. Um, you never know how life is going to evolve. So my very first job out of graduate school was um, developing a nutrition program for a place called Manhattan Plaza Health Club, which is the place in New York where all dancers, performers, actors, and musicians uh, go. So uh, it's, it's uh, the world kind of brings you full circle through uh, connections that I made there, starting to work with um, New York City Ballet uh, Wellness Group, ended up with Alvin Ailey, and just, uh, you know, continued my work in the dance field. Unbeknownst to me, I didn't, I didn't realize that my path would take me uh, back to where, you know, my, my love is. So. I guess the, the little message in the bottle there is don't worry. <laughs> the universe has a plan for you. And all we need to do is do our work, be the best that we can be every day, and you will see it will all work out. So I'm living the living proof of that. Uh, when might a dancer seek the help of a dietitian? Um, you know, in, in, from my perspective, I think everybody should see a, a registered dietitian because we're, uh, through experience and training, we're your one, your, your number one first stop in health. 
So we don't want to let our health uh, progress to a point where we need medicine or hospitalization or we want to be very preventive and you know dancers luckily are it, because you're dancing you're super strong you're you're already have an enhanced awareness of your body so uh, i would say really pay attention if you're not feeling well if you're super tired if you're sustaining stress fractures if you have tummy troubles if you know anything is going on where you don't feel optimally the number one place where you should look is your diet diet and lifestyle so any dancer who or any person who is having um you know any any uh metabolic issues weight gain weight loss um um tummy troubles um energy contact your dietitian because it's it's most likely something really fixable and really doable. So kind of go with that, how can food help, help to fuel dancers before and after things like rehearsals, practices, and shows? And then are there different foods that are best to eat before or after each one of them? Uh, yes and, and no. Um, many dancers will always ask me, you know, what's, is there something a quick that I should have right before performance? There's nothing, there's no magic food, number one, and nothing will help you better to sustain your energy and performance or, or rehearsals or what have you than how we eat every day. So it's really important to keep your diet really balanced. There are no bad food groups. Carbohydrates do not make you fat, don't you make you gain weight. It's really important to have your protein, carbs, and fat every time you eat so it's really how you approach uh, dance with regularity and with consistency we want to approach our health that way and especially our diet so um, we need consistent energy and your carbohydrate foods anything uh, a, a grain a potato any food made from grains like a bread a rice a pasta um, fruits and vegetables these are the foods that give you the energy for your working muscles and the brain and nervous system so not to eat barrels of you know sweet potatoes but on your plate at you know some little area on your plate should have a grain or a starch lots of veggies and lots of fruits so if you're um, in a performance situation where you have not eaten uh, the best way to get quick energy is to do something like a juice or any quick, quickly digesting carbohydrate, like um, um, uh, I don't want to promote sports gels or anything like that, but you're better off with the juice or some, uh, maybe some a piece of fruit, something that will pick your energy up. But by the same token, after your workout or after your rehearsal or your, your class, it is important to replenish the nutrients, especially the carbohydrates that you've now used in the hour or two of whatever you've done. So a good post-workout or post-performance meal would have a little bit of protein, like a little egg or chicken or dairy or beans or what have you, and a little bit of carbohydrate. Again, a little grain, a piece of toast, something like that. So we always want to replenish what we've used and carbohydrates are the number one fuel 
that you should get in very consistently through the whole day. What about fats? Would that be considered something to focus on more pre or post workout? Um, fats can, can, especially before movement, can cause tummy upset. So you, you probably don't want to have like avocado toast right before you, um, you know, you, you do some movement. So you want to just be careful with adding a lot of fat. Uh, pre-workout or pre-dance um, a little bit is okay but um, save that for for after and pretty much every time you eat you want a little bit of a fat source some protein and some carbohydrate so you have three macronutrients all the time it doesn't have to be big portions but that balance gives the dancer sustainable energy and um, is the best for keeping you satisfied and, and energized. Mm. Um, could you talk a little bit about intuitive eating and its principles and how it might be beneficial for dancers? Yes, we need an intuitive life <laughs> in addition to intuitive eating. So um, I do encourage myself and everyone that I, that I counsel, especially dancers, to always pay attention. So intuitive eating is just a style of eating that makes you the boss of your body. You, it encourages you to pay attention to when you're hungry, to how, when you're full, to choose the foods that you like, to eat in a very real way without an outside force telling you what to do. So only you are the boss of how you um, how you eat. So it's very it is very very important I think for for dancers to kind of slow down and pay attention to ev you know everything. But certainly um, when you fuel yourself, it's so easy to stay you know plugged into Facebook or the internet or the phone and or even TV and catching up on news. And the minute your focus is away from your plate, you don't know what you're eating. You don't taste anything. You, you don't even know how much you've eaten or how full you are. And that's when we can run into, into trouble. So in the sense of, wow, you know, I just ate this plate of food, but where did it go? I don't really feel anything. Let me have another plate of food. And you eat that and a half hour later, you're, you're just, doubled over, you know, you have to unbutton the belt buckle and um, not so, not such a great feeling. So I would just encourage everyone to kind of slow down, give yourself time to eat, you know, you have a, a lot on your plate as a dancer, if you will, um, a lot to think about, a lot that you're doing, you're moving all the time. So to just quiet down, make yourself a healthy meal, lots of fruits, lots of veggies, get the grains in, have a little chicken, have a little fish, have some beans, you know, whatever you choose for your protein and eat it slowly. Pay attention to how it's making you feel. In that respect, if you're really honoring your hunger and honoring your fullness, you will always be super healthy because you'll be eating in a way that's good for you. So um, I highly, highly uh, recommend uh, that approach.
for sure. Um, how can we opt out of diet culture? Oh man, if we had five hours, I could <laughs> stand on my soapbox. Um, you know, the internet has been such a great tool for education, but by the same token, it just can, we can always find blogs or bad information. And um, I don't want dancers to be hypnotized by what sounds good or to hop on someone else's train and, and go down that road, which, you know, your health is very individual to you. What works for someone else could be disastrous for your health. So um, opt to get your nutrition information from someone who, you know, has some background, um, uh, your registered dietitians. I'm not saying we know everything, but we've, we've studied, we've earned the right to, to um, promote health and um, you have to stay true to yourself. So get good information to, to start, something based in science, something that, that resonates with you. And you just have to, we just have to pull away from someone else's opinion, someone else's blog, someone, you know, a lot of it, the information is used to sell you something. So, <laughs> Stay, stay away. If you have to spend $300 buying supplements and buying food and, um, you know, subscribing to a program or what have you, it may or may not help you in the long run. So, uh, again, I would say get your information from um, a scientist, have it make sense to you, and then you still have to make it work for you. And... How can we find balance in our eating? You know, every meal might not be a carb, a protein, and a fat, or we might mm -hmm. be traveling and not have access to the same foods as we previously had. How do we kind of find that balance and that flexibility? Well, again, this falls under the realm of really being good to yourself and knowing that no one is perfect, not even registered dietitians, believe me. No day is perfect. so. You, we just do the best that we can. We just do the best that we can. If you're on the road and the bus pulls in to Boston Chicken, you know, get your chicken, get your potato, get a little veggie if you can. You do the best. We do the best that we can. We'll never have a perfect eating day. It doesn't mean that your health will go down the tubes or that you're a bad dancer or a bad person. So we just have to know that going in. and. Um, it's, it's also about, you know, averaging things out, not, not in one day, but over a few days. So if you had a little sugar one day, you know, the next day, you even it out and you maybe not have so much sugar that day. So we have to give ourselves a little wiggle room. And, you know, I know as dancers, we're, <laughs> we're focused, where we, we can be a little, a little rigid. And, and the voices out there that tell you, you know, you have to be perfect, you have to follow this eating plan, let it just try to go in one ear and out the other. Practice self-acceptance every moment of every day. And just know that 
nothing. No one food can define you. No one grade can define you. No one else's opinion can define you. Whatever comes out of someone else's mouth has no reflection on you. It's a statement of where they're at in their consciousness. So we have to kind of insulate ourselves. And um, again, just we just do the best that we can. You won't have a perfect diet. Don't worry about it. It'll all average out over a couple of days. <laughs> Isn't that a relief? <laughs> yes, it's so refreshing to hear. So refreshing. Good. <laughs> good, good, good. Um, so kind of circling back a little bit, but yeah. did you talk about some of the common myths and fads regarding diet and food, such as, you know, don't eat after a certain time, oh, are bad, yeah. intermittent fasting, things like My that. My favorite. Um, so when I was your age, you'll laugh at this, but um, there was this myth called food combining. Uh, you may have heard of it. So the, the myth was if you eat carbs and protein at the same time, the enzymes that digest carbohydrates will cancel out the enzymes that digest proteins and you'll have a big mess in your stomach and toxins will be created and you'll, you're going to get really sick. Well, number one, that has no basis in biochemistry. That, it's just, it's just a, a mistake that doesn't happen. The best way to have health is to combine everything together. Our bodies are super brilliant. We need to get out of the way. They know what to do. They can digest two things, two or three things at the same time. So again, it's, it's that hearsay and those wise tales that get passed down. I call it bad gym science or bad, um, you know, studio science. Just no, no basis in science. And as dancers, you have the art part down. Now we want to add the science uh, knowledge so that you can be discriminating in what you accept as truth. Um, there's a big fad now regarding intermittent fasting. Um, doctors often climb on these um, bandwagons because the state of our health in this country is really, really not so good. There are many, many people who are over, overweight and the fad and diet industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. Does it really help people? Absolutely not because it doesn't teach them what you guys are learning as dancers, which is process, which is learning how to care for oneself in every way, how to reduce stress, how to put a healthy meal together, how to be appropriately fit. These are, these are um, learned skills that everyone needs to learn, but everyone, but we don't, and we don't encourage that. We'll encourage taking a pill or a medicine or, you know, something else. So um, you can, maybe get um, a, you know, a quick fix in the sense of losing weight very quickly if, if you're you know, on that. But if you don't learn how to be healthy and how to care for yourself, that weight will just come back on. So it's this big, big, bad cycle. Um, so intermittent fasting is a, an approach where um, you eat uh, during, say, an eight-hour period of your day. And once that eight hours is done, you don't eat at all. So most, most people eat between, say, 12 noon and 8 in the evening. 
they don't eat anything from 8 in the evening until 12 noon the next day. This is not really practical for dancers. I wouldn't, wouldn't really recommend it because if you have early morning classes or rehearsals, your blood sugar is going to be so low. By the time you get halfway through your class, you'll be fainting. <laughs> so, um, you know, your body uses energy and um, it, it's not appropriate for all people. So again, you'll get, we will get half truths from the diet industry, but how that really pans out in someone's real life can have serious consequences. So I would say as much as you guys can unplug from popular culture, please do it. You'll be so much happier. You'll be so much less stressed and you'll get so much less hypnotized by the latest fad. You can't, you can't get away from biochemistry. You can't get away from how your bodies work and your bodies need all types of foods in, in a regular eating pattern every day. So mm. that's the bottom line. <laughs> I, I once saw this thing that nutrient dense foods, like fruits, vegetables, you know, beans, meat, all those sorts of things, like they don't have to be advertised. You know, you don't often oh, wow. see them like being advertised and they're not really trying to like sell themselves because people just know that they're healthy. They, they know that that's going to make them feel good and fuel them. But Absolutely. These it's all about who's making the money, girl. So, you know, what can I tell you? The food industry is all about making money. It's not about health. So that's a great, great point, Rachel. Yeah. If they can't make money on it, they're not going to be promoting it. <laughs> it's terrible. I don't want to sound like a downer, but this is reality. <laughs> Good point. If, if a dancer is looking to change their diet in a certain way, possibly going vegetarian or vegan, mm -hmm. um, what should they be aware of when making this change? And should they consult um, a, a dietitian or their doctor before making some switch in their diet? I think it, it's always good. I always recommend for dancers to get at least a yearly checkup get your blood work done. Um, that way we can, you know, pinpoint anything that's going on before it gets to be an issue like uh, anemia or, um, you know, other, other, other issues. Um, it's always good to know sort of what you need for your lifestyle. So you can be healthy as a vegetarian and a vegan. It is not for everyone. Everyone's body is different. So the number one thing if you are going more vegetarian, especially being vegan, is getting enough calories in, enough food in, so that you can get enough protein and nutrients in. And of course, vegans and vegetarians have to be aware of their B12 levels, B6 levels, and all of that. So a dietitian can just kind of highlight that and say, hey, look, this is what we need to think about for the whole day. How do we get this in? How do, how do you be aware? So it just it, it, it gives you sort of a game plan going forward and can highlight um, things that you need to be aware of. That's all. So it, I think it's always good to do that. So kind of going off of that, if a dancer does decide that they want to lose weight, how can they do so in a more healthy, sustainable manner? 
Um, weight loss usually can, um, can happen just by sort of cleaning up your diet a little bit. We, for example, um, just looking at your day, if you're the kind of person who um, loves to stop at Starbucks and get one of those fancy schmancy drinks with lots of things in it, just by, a <laughs> and I'm not saying that's bad, so you can still go to Starbucks, but um, if, if there's extra syrup in the coffee and a little of that nice whipped cream that tastes so good on top of it, if you just eliminated that, you'd probably be eliminating three or 400 calories, which ironically on a daily basis over time could help you lose a couple of pounds. So it's not about starvation. You need to support what we call the basal metabolic rate. So everyone has a bottom line number of calories that they need. For most female dancers, that depending upon how much they weigh, how much muscle they have, that's anywhere between 12 to 1500 calories a day. For most male dancers, that basal metabolic rate is anywhere between 16 and 1900 calories a day. That means if you guys just laid in bed, looked at the ceiling and didn't do anything but breathe, your bodies would burn 12 to 1500 calories a day. So these fads that tell you you should you know, eat a thousand calories to lose weight. That doesn't even sustain life. And in an ironic twist of fate, you either wouldn't lose weight or the weight that you would lose would be muscle and not body fat. So just by taking a little sugar out or eating a little, a little bit a less of a portion somewhere, generally can promote a little bit of weight loss. You probably for dancers to lose more than a pound a week is excessive and um, not really recommended. So again, it would never be appropriate to severely restrict your calories and um, because you, you do need to stay healthy, you wanna boost your immune system and certainly keep your joints and muscles healthy. Um, so again, just a little bit of getting the sugar out and just, you know, being aware of portions should really do the trick. And you don't have to spend 9,000 hours on the treadmill on top of your dance schedule. That would be <laughs> severe overtraining. So a um, little bit of adjustment. And it would be great to have a, a, a dietitian help you so that you don't go too far. Mm. If yeah. a dancer is using like hungerfulness as an example to kind of go by this idea of losing weight, is there ever a time that they would need to put like their training and their sort of athlete mindset before the hungerfulness? Maybe they're not hungry, but they have a dance class or they're not hungry after class. Um, so, you know, exercise can sometimes suppress the appetite. Is there a yeah. time when they should say, oh, I'm not really hungry, but this is a good time to have something to eat? That's a great point to bring up. A great point, Rachel. Uh, yes, you're moving around so much that you often don't notice thirst and or your hunger will be suppressed with activity. So that doesn't mean that you need to have a Thanksgiving-sized meal <laughs> before your next class, but you could do something light, like a little Greek yogurt or a hard-boiled egg or some hummus and crackers or a little schmear of peanut butter on an apple. You know, I don't know if I'm making suggestions that appeal to anyone, but a little bit of something might be good. 
take advantage of your eating opportunities because if you don't, then you're going to get caught short on the other end and be, oh, you know, how do I make it through? Exhausted. And then by the time you get home, you're ready to eat everything in the refrigerator because you're so darn hungry. So, yes, plan ahead. Dancers have fabulous planning and uh, organizational skills. I often tell my dancers, you could run businesses because you're so organized. So we need to apply that to, <laughs> to our food as well. So that's a great, a great point, Rachel. Very good. Uh, if a dancer is facing an eating disorder or disordered eating, what steps would you recommend that the dancer take to receive help? Sometimes it's even hard for the dancer to know if something is going too far and it can be very emotional. Um, but this is such, such an important area. And I would say everyone working with dancers from psychologists to physical therapists to dietitians to teachers to doctors are very, have a very heightened awareness. And I have to tell your dancers, there is absolutely no stigma involved. And asking for help does not mean that you're weak or that anything is wrong with you or that you're a bad person. It's a sign of strength. And everyone who knows anything about eating disorders is ready and willing to help. So do it sooner or later. It might just mean talking with your parents openly or a trusted friend or certainly a trusted teacher and they're going to put their arms around you and get you to the right person. It's not a food issue. Eating disorders is not a nutrition issue. It is, it's more about psychology and, um, you know, let their people there waiting to help. So don't be afraid of asking for it. That would be most welcome. So I would encourage anyone struggling with that to, speak up, reach out, and um, there's definitely help available. What might be some indications that a dancer should reach out and get help if it's not like, you know, super obvious to them or an immediate friend or family member? Uh, if they find, if dancers are finding that they're creating a lot of rules around how they're eating, for example, that they uh, can only eat at a certain time or only eat certain foods or if they're starting to not want to eat around people or they avoid social situations where they have to eat in front of people um, or they notice that they're sort of shying away from particular foods or they notice that they're not feeling well, losing energy, um, not eating enough or severely restricting will promote severe muscle loss, dehydration. It can cause uh, hormonal issues. Uh, it can be just devastating to the dancer. So any, any food aversions, again, that, that res restricting of calories, being afraid to eat with people, um, all of these are sort of red flags. Hmm. And if a dancer is um, looking to find a registered dietitian, how, how would you suggest that they approach that? 
most health insurance companies will cover nutrition services, but also um, there's uh, the, the website to my uh, credentialing organization, which is the American uh, <laughs> Dietetic Association, the ADA. Um, I will send you their, their website information. It's www.eatright.org. They have a diet, a, what they call an RD finder. So you can put in your zip code and uh, a bunch of names will come up and then you can take those names, check it with your health insurance company and, you know, kind of go from there. So, and I would say interview each dietitian and see if they have some experience with dancers and eating disorders so that you can get to the right person. And then what are some strategies that dancers can implement to promote a healthy body image and self-confidence and kind of let go of the idea of the ideal dancer body? Super important. And I, I'll, I'll put in um, that my, my book is completely uh, supportive of that issue. So. Um, Again, it's unplugging from bad sources of information. Um, try to, again, stay true to yourself. You have to look at yourself, really look at your strengths every day. Choose something that you love about yourself. Surround yourself with people who are very positive and supportive. If someone is, if you're, you know, um, uh, studying at a, a, a dance school, say, that doesn't really support a healthy body image, find another dance school. You know, um, it, it's, it's kind of tough. There is room in dance for every body shape, for every color, for every ability. Um, and you just have to tout your strengths, know what you're really good at, and just stay grounded in that all, all the time. So again, popular culture will never make us feel good. If you just look at the front page of a magazine and see the latest, you know, Hollywood star on there, just know the picture has been airbrushed. <laughs> no one has wrinkles in Hollywood. <laughs> Everyone looks super thin because they're all doing these crazy diets. Forget about that. Popular culture will not support your health and will not help you as a dancer. Get your science, combine it with your art, stay true to yourself, get your community around you because there's nothing better than your dance community who will support you and you're good to go. So, um, yeah, <laughs> stay away from, from social media. <laughs> Whoops, <laughs> I said that, but it, it's helpful. Yeah, I think Instagram and, and social media in general can can be wonderful in some ways to share our art, to oh, find community, but it can be detrimental in in so many ways, especially I feel like when it comes to how we look and how we're fueling and how we're exercising. Yeah. It's not. It, oh, it, it, no, absolutely. I didn't mean to imply that there's anything wrong with Instagram or Facebook. It keeps you in touch with everyone that, that you love. It's, it's really wonderful. But again, you know, we have to kind of pick and choose what we get focused on. That's all. <laughs> oh, I agree. And I feel like it's not the best place to be getting advice on how to eat or how to exercise. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> 
Yes. You very much do have to be careful who you're following and what that person's promoting. Yes. Yeah. Sending for out. Sure. For sure. It's just, you know, stay awake and stay aware. That's all. Mm-hmm. What is the number one piece of advice you would like to give to the movement toward change dance community? Oh, again, you know, my hat is off to every dancer. The, the skills that you bring to your art and your life, which is determination, talent, focus, organization, um, creativity. These are all amazing traits that not everyone has. You as dancers have them and you've chosen this path that it's really commendable and, and we need artists. We need artists in, in life. We need you to help us learn, you know, how to live. So honor that every day and that means focusing on you. Find something about what you have to offer every day. Stay connected to that. And um, life will, will be exactly, maybe not exactly as you want, because we don't know, you know, opportunities and, and things happen that open you up to even different areas that you could never have even imagined. So something better is always on the horizon. So you have to have faith in that. And it will all happen in the best possible way. So that would be my advice from decades past, you guys. <laughs> Trust. Um, and then in this moment, is there a specific quote that speaks to you? There is. Um, if your dreams don't scare you, you're not dreaming big enough. So we're all... We're all afraid, but we have to push past, take the leap. Uh, there's also something, a little story about a mama bird and a baby bird. I'll, I'll be quick. <laughs> so um, the mama bird is about to push the baby bird out of the nest. So hopefully the baby bird will take off. And the baby bird says, but mama, what if I fall? And the mama bird says, but what if you fly? So. Push yourself, fly, 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 <laughs> and um, it'll all be worth it. <laughs> Thank you. This was wonderful. Thank you guys so much. So lovely. Yeah, this was so informative. Thank you so much. This is Thank great. Thank you. Thank you. If you have further questions for Marie or would like to schedule an appointment, you can contact her through her website, cinchnutrition.com. Marie's Handbook for Dancers, Eat Right, Dance Right, is also available on her website, and we will put this link in our show notes.